0: Can you have it all? There is no doubt that the last few months have been a whirlwind, massive changes. And in some ways, it seems like it's been a lifetime lived in two months. Does anyone else feel like you've processed so much? like? so many things changing internally and certainly externally. And during this period of time, one of the messages that I have been getting is that we need to develop a new relationship with change. We have to learn to flow with what is, but not in some way where we're completely passive and we just have to put up with anything. But we have to know that we are constantly creating our reality. Constantly. And then we have to be willing to allow change to occur in the ways that it needs to, so that we can align to the manifestations that we say we want to create. And I know that that process is a big process. You know, maybe there's been a time in your life, I know there has been in my life, where I've said, you know, God, please bring me this, right? Like, this is something I want to manifest. This is something I want. And then... God shows up and says, "Okay, well then you need to change this and you need to go here and you need to do this." And I'm like, "Well, just kidding. I don't really want to manifest that, right? I don't want to be making all these changes." I mean, we've all we've all had that happen. And it happens because we contract, right? When it actually comes time to flow through change, even the changes that are going to take us right where we want to go. And I've just been in such a process over the past few months of realizing the importance of this. And there's been a lot of expansion in my life, like so much expansion in my life during this period of time where there's a lot going on in the world, which is an interesting concept to move through for me. Um, It has had me reflect a lot on when I went through my massive transformation in about 2013, 14. And been really sitting in like a sacred connection to what that experience was. And I know so many of you are having a similar type of experience in different ways. And I just want to say that I know that walk, right? I know that walk so well. And I've been reflecting on my own walk at this time. And that has been kind of the foundation and the birthing ground for a lot of new stuff we're working on here at The Soul Frequency. And we have a brand new training that's coming up, which I will talk about more um, in the month ahead. But it is a really powerful and potent time to know who we are as human beings, to know who we are beyond the human experience, and to integrate all of that into your beingness. And to know that at every moment, you get to create your reality right? You get to create how you move forward at this time. And that is extremely exciting. So today we're going to look at the concept of having it all. Is it really possible? Can we really have it all? Well, we're going to jump into that. And today my guest is Romy Neustadt. She's a former corporate chick, first a lawyer, then a PR executive, who traded in the billable hour to become an entrepreneur. She figured out how to juggle being a wife, a mom, a professional, and a healthy human without losing her mind. Well, congrats to her, right? That's awesome. And she's on a mission to help other women have it all too. Rome's first book, Get Over Your Damn Self, The No BS Blueprint to Building a Life-Changing Business, received a gold award from the Nonfiction Authors Association. And we're going to be talking about her second book, You Can Have It All, just not at the same damn time. And so with no further ado, let's welcome Romy Neustad to the show. Romy, welcome to the show. I'm so happy
1: you're here with us today. Well, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be talking to someone during this crazy time.
0: I know, right? It's so good. At least, thank goodness we have technology to connect with each other at this time. And I, you had a book come out prior to all of this time that we're in at the beginning of the year called You Can Have It All, Just Not at the Same Downtime," Time. And I love it. When I saw the title of this book, I'm like, all right, we need to talk. Um, and particularly, I want to talk about a section of the book today um, that you call Relentlessly Edit Your Life. And I found this particularly valuable, which I'll share a little bit more about at this time. But before we jump into the book, can you share just kind of what has someone come to the point where they write this book?
1: Oh, well, um, first of all, I'm glad you like like the title. It's been, uh, it's really resonated a lot with people and gotten them to, to pick it up. Um, so, My background is I'm a former corporate chick turned entrepreneur. I'm a mother of two kids with a busy professional husband as well. And I I was living the dream, baby, you know, juggling it all. And I had a breakdown because I was trying to be everything to everyone look amazing while I was doing it. I was trying to please everyone. My to-do list was getting exponentially bigger all the time. And I wasn't present in my life. And I was unfulfilled in spite of the success I was experiencing. And I knew something had to give. This wasn't the life that I wanted because I wasn't happy. I was bitchy and tired and stressed and feeling, frankly, inadequate all the time. And I knew from working with tens of thousands of women in my entrepreneurial endeavor that I wasn't alone, that there was a whole hell of a lot of women who felt the same way. So I was able, thankfully, to check out of my life for a couple days days and, and figure out how to recalibrate things. And once I did and once I I started figuring out how to live the life I really wanted and then actually doing it and assembling and creating the tools to enable me to do so and then teach other women how to do the same, I knew that I would be negligent if I didn't write it all in a book. I, I love to write and I love to share authentically And that's how this book came to be.
0: I love it. And I think it's such an important conversation. Like I talk about a lot of times how we live in a culture where we want to continually add things on, like buying more stuff is better. Adding things onto our life is better versus what we subtract from our life or we release from our life, right? Like we tend to not want to change anything or release anything or like, you know what I mean? Reformulate anything. We just want to keep adding stuff on, which is all fine and good until it becomes problematic because you literally break in some way, right? (laughs) When you have like a physical ailment or you just can't handle, you know, as life gets more complicated, like maybe you have a family or you have children and now you have a business and a family and children and all of these things. And the pressure just gets too great. And I wanted, I liked how you talked in the book about some of the distinctions, like the distinction between being
1: productive and being busy. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I think as a society, and especially we women, um, busy is the new black, right? We we, <laughs> we wear it, we wear it almost as a badge of honor. But here's the thing, Shauna, in all that busyness. We're unable to tap into what's truly important to us. And we end up putting things on our plates that possibly don't at all serve our priorities or goals, but we're doing them because of fear. We're afraid to miss out. We're afraid that we're going to disappoint other people. We're afraid that we're not keeping up with the next woman or the next family. Um, We're afraid to disappoint the people who have put us in a certain box and gotten used to us being there, all of those things. And I am so grateful that I said to myself, okay, enough. What is it that you really want in life? And and it's not a question you ask once, you constantly ask yourself that, because life is an evolution. And I'm just so thrilled that the women who are reading my book and going through the exercises, because it is an actionable read, they're figuring out some for the very first time or the first time in a really long while, what it is they want. And then I love teaching folks. All right. How do you focus on that and let go of everything else?
0: Yeah, it's so it's so powerful and I was thinking about the word priorities, right? And like when I was going through the book, I was like stopping and saying, "Okay, what are my priorities?" Like it just got me thinking like what are my priorities? Which the next question was, how often are we just moving through life where we're really not connected to our priorities? We're not even asking ourselves that question cuz life gets hello, busy. And we just keep doing things the same way we've always done them. And we're not even stopping to like, because priorities change, right? Life changes and constantly evolves. We're not even stopping to say like, what are my priorities?
1: So here's what I figured out seven years ago when I was having my breakdown and, and giving myself this required quiet time. Uh, my whole life, Shauna, I never ever stop to figure out what my priorities were. I thought I was doing it because I was confusing priorities and goals. I was thinking they're synonymous and it was in my introspective time and reading and searching and journaling when it it finally dawned on me, wait a minute, our priorities are the things that are most important to us right now. Serving them is an imperative. Not serving them is simply non-negotiable. And, and we can only do two or three priorities at any one time. Because I don't know about you, but I've never found the, the superhero costume. I am no Avenger. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so we, we have to really figure out and declare it in the present tense what our priorities are. Now, our goals are something very different. That is something that we're working toward in the future. And it's important enough to us to invest the time, effort and energy to get there. Now here's the kicker and here's where a lot of people, myself included, make mistakes. We will set goals that aren't necessarily serving our priorities. And if they're not aligned, you end up packing your days, your to-do lists um, with things that you don't really want. You're scattered, you're unfulfilled, you're exhausted you're not serving what you truly want in your life. And once I figured that out, that was life-changing.
0: Yeah, that is so powerful. It's like, I talk a lot about the difference between success and fulfillment. And when you were describing that, it's the piece that you know people get driven towards some idea of success that is not in alignment with actually what will fulfill them. And then you get there, you know, or wherever there is and go, wait a second. I'm like, you know, yes, I might have some success in some area of life, maybe financial, but like, I don't feel good in my life or I don't feel like this is where I wanted to be heading. And I just find that really powerful to say, like, before we even talk about goals, we need to know, like, what is it that's going to be fulfilling, which is an individual conversation, your priorities, like, what is that in your life? That is awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, how many times have have you or someone that you know said, I really wanna do X, I really wanna get to Y, but I just can't find the time. Well, it's because we're filling our days with all this other crap that doesn't really mean anything to us. (laughs) Totally,
0: I never, I was thinking back to my younger years, um, I'd never asked myself like, what was my priority? In fact, I don't even think when I was younger, I even knew that I could have priorities. Like, it's like there was some construct of like what being a successful human adult was. And I was just like following along, you know, somebody else's construct of that. And I don't even think it even entered my consciousness that I could be like, oh, my priorities or the things that matter to me might be different than somebody
1: else. That's right. And so many of us were raised that way and lived a lot of our adult life that way. I'm just so excited for younger generations, especially younger women, to have more of this conversation. And and I'm on a mission to ignite this conversation um, among all women that it is truly possible to have it all, whatever your all looks like. But we've got to stop trying to do it all.
0: Yeah, that's so awesome. So let's talk about becoming a master delegator.
1: Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, people people love love that. They're like, what the hell is that? It sounds interesting. Um, so there there's a couple steps before you become a master delegator. And and you know, when I when I talk to women about relentlessly editing your life. Whenever I say that phrase, you can see their shoulders kind of drop from their ears. (laughs) Like, really? (laughs) I can do that? Yes, you can. Um, And it's an it's an exercise that I love taking folks through, and it's in the book. Um, First, it starts with you have got to figure out what the heck your priorities and goals are, because that's your roadmap. But then you you figure out in the course of a week every single thing you do. Now, you know, as we're talking, we're all sheltering in place thanks to the pandemic. And, you know, it, it looks a little bit different, but I still am doing this exercise again while we're in this temporary new normal. But you write down every single thing you do and how how much time you're spending on it. And I mean everything. And then you categorize everything that you write down and you put a P for those things that are serving your priorities a g for the things that are serving your goals and then and, and this part's really important you put an s next to the things you think you should be doing and an h next to the things you think you have to be doing and i argue the shoulds and the have to's are synonymous and here's what you find you are wasting so much time on the things that are S's and H's. And it is things like you taking on all of the household chores because you're not sure that somebody else can do them as well as you, or because you're afraid to hire somebody else to do them. Um, you know, a whole host of things. I, I should be uh, spearheading. The fundraising drive for the school. Because if I don't, what are the other moms going to think? Or I'm not pulling my weight. But is it really uh, serving your your goals or your priorities? And if the answer is no, then you go through an analysis of do I delete it or do I delegate it? And we women have a tough time delegating because we either tend to think we're control, you know, we're control freaks and we don't think somebody else can do it better, or we are afraid to hire somebody to do the things that it makes financial sense for someone else to do to free us up for the things that only we can do. And oftentimes women don't, for some reason, we don't think we're worthy or maybe we don't have the right title or the right corner office that we should shoulder everything ourselves. And I'm here to say, oh, absolutely not. The minute you finally figure out that there are things that you should hand off to others or things that it is okay, you have permission to redline them completely from your to-do list, then voila, you have the time for the things you really want.
0: It's so, it, this is the part that was amazing for me. So I was reading your book and I was reading the part about becoming a master delegator. And I certainly, I have a team that helps me and I delegate things out and I'm reading this book and I'm thinking, but have I really delegated everything I can, like as I'm reading your book, right? I'm like, what else? It got me thinking like, what else could I delegate? Cause the schedule's really full, right? And it's only getting more full and it's time to maybe check in on this. And then the funniest thing is this morning, uh, my first call of the day with a client was all about how she's so busy and tired and scheduled and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm finding myself having this whole conversation about, you've got to delegate more. And I was laughing to myself because I knew you and I were going to have this conversation. (laughs) And I'm like, this is how the universe just kind of brings us messages like, hey, maybe you should look at this too and like reevaluate. And I think it's interesting because we get, like I said, on these preset, we go, okay, I've delegated these things out, or I have someone else helping me with these things. And time goes on, right? And things change, or more comes in. And it's like, I think women, more than anyone, it has to get to this like drastic point for them to be like, wait a second, right? And I was thinking to myself, like, what if we don't let it get to that point where there's that breaking point where you're just like, I can't do all of this, right? And we really check in for change and check in for, okay, what else can we delegate prior to that moment where you feel like you're going to pull your hair out?
1: Well, in a, in a way that we all can do that, and what I had to adopt in my life was daily periods of quiet. And, and I, I think, especially now in our technological age where we are constantly taking in stimuli, uh, we have a tendency to, to go through our days without any peace and quiet, where we're either walking or going for a run or sitting, where there's just nothing coming in. And when you do that, you're able to check in with yourself and identify, God, I just feel overwhelmed. Or I, I, there's too much. Or my brain is too scattered. Or any number of things. But because we don't give ourselves that time, it oftentimes takes us to really lose it, or have a breakdown, or God forbid, get sick before we stop and say, "Okay, something's got to change."
0: Yeah, it's it's. I think it's really powerful. And the quiet time, checking in, right? Checking inside. How am I doing? Like. I think everybody, whether you call it meditation or just quiet time or whatever you title it, it doesn't really matter. But I think there needs to be, I know that my quiet time is so critically important to not only getting new ideas, but also just seeing how am I feeling, right? How am I doing with this? Like we have an incredible ability, especially I think as women to just override pain right or or be able to power through, I mean we you know we have the ability to birth children, like we can we can move through a lot of stuff, and yet I say to myself, like, is that right though, just because you can, you know so many times I have clients go, but I can do this, I'm like, yeah, but should you do it, you know what I mean? like, should you be doing it, like, should you push yourself that hard? this consistently is that the smart choice and i think we have to catch these things you know what i mean and not not use it as like a badge of honor like i can take on more and i can push harder and i can go further cuz like really at what point at what expense
1: well i think what we what we need to do and hold each other accountable to this is is that our innate abilities to be incredibly strong and able to handle tremendous stress and juggle so many things. I, I, I mean, I, my husband says to me all the time, it's amazing how many things you can be thinking of and juggling at one time. Men are just not wired that way in general. Um, and and that's, that's fantastic. And it equips us for those unexpected challenges that happen, right? We're, we're uniquely designed for that. And that's terrific. But that's no way to live day to day. And we don't have to. And you and I are both moms. Is this what we want to teach our children? That was another huge thing for me, Shauna. I looked at my life and what I was modeling for them because they see everything. They're looking to us to learn how to live. And I didn't want what I was and what I was doing to be their model. Just like even, even today. Every day I tell them I'm going to have my quiet time because I want them to learn how to do it too. They've got it even worse than us. They're growing up in this time where they're constantly plugged into things. I also want them to learn that they have to completely shut down the stimuli and and get into their bodies and their brains and see how they're feeling and let their imagination flow.
0: Yes, one hundred percent. I agree with that. And one of the things in the book that I loved and never thought about before is your stop doing list.
1: Yes. Now, I didn't. I didn't come up with that. And in, in fact, um, I I I got it originally from Jim Collins in his book Good to Great. Your stop doing list is just as important, and oftentimes throughout your life, more important than your to-do list. And it's for the very reasons that we've been talking about. Um, if, if you stop doing things that aren't serving your goals and priorities, then that opens up a whole bunch of time. It, it clears emotional energy. It will lead you to a more fulfilled, vibrant, authentic life and it's scary. I get that. It's really scary. But when you identify all the things you're doing that are shoulds and you stop them, you stop shoulding all over the place, <laughs> then, then it's, it's just extraordinary. I can't tell you how many women have reached out to me and said, saying no to these things, crossing them off my to-do list. This has been life-changing. And and the more you do it, the easier it gets.
0: I love that. And why do you think it's so hard for women to say no or there's guilt about saying no?
1: Well, I, I think we're afraid to be judged. Um, I think we're afraid to not be relevant to everything sometimes. Um, I, I think we we really make up bs stories in our heads about what other people think and no, i maintain is one of the most powerful helpful words we can learn to say and here's the thing you've got to learn to say it unapologetically a hundred percent authentically you know how many of us have um, requests sitting in our inbox or our text messages that we have been too chicken shit to respond to because we don't want to disappoint them. We don't know, we don't know how to how to say no. And I really encourage everyone to get into the practice of just being super authentic and straightforward. Um, every single week I get a number, as I'm sure you do, requests for our time. And I am very clear, you know thank you so much for thinking of me, for um, being on your committee. I I simply couldn't give it the time it deserves right now. And I don't like to half-ass anything. I wish you the very best and I'm cheering you on. Mm-hmm. Do you notice I'm not saying I'm sorry I can't? Yeah, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm living my truth.
0: So powerful. It's
1: all the way you communicate it, right? That's right. I have yet to have anyone in the vast number of years that I have chosen to authentically decline things. I've never had anyone be upset or respond in a snarky measure. In fact, I've had so many women in particular say to me, man, I love your boundaries. (laughs) And I will say, well, you can have them too. You're like, read my book. <laughs> no, but, but it's it's a it's a muscle. It's a muscle. It and and when I first started doing it, Shauna, you know, it I we're we're just programmed. God, we don't want to disappoint people. But we're not disappointing them. We're living our truth and we're giving them permission to do so too.
0: It's so true. And if you approach it from this place of like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, then they meet you at that place where like you should, oh, you should be sorry right? It's like the energy you're putting out is I I shouldn't be allowed to say no. And so then they have a reaction that's, that's a counter reaction to that energy, where when you're just telling your truth and stating it in such a gracious way, but holding your energy, right? Like I'm not, I'm not apologizing. I can't, I don't want to do this right now, or I can't do this right now. Um, Then the receiving end of that is better.
1: Absolutely. And it's all about being authentic. One of the requirements to living a life filled with your all is to show up authentically in every part of your life. And for you to apologize, because you're declining something that doesn't serve your priorities and goals, that's inauthentic. You're not sorry.
0: Yep. It's so true. It's so true. So tell people where they can get their hands on this book, because we all need a copy of this book, and then also where they can connect with you.
1: So my book is available at all booksellers and um, online and the indies. Let's support the independent bookstores, especially um, during This time when we can't get into the stores, you can go online uh, on my website, romineustadt.com. There's information and links to where you can get uh, the book if if you want to make it really easy for yourself. And Indiegogo is a great one as well to support local booksellers. Um, Also, I am on a mission to build this have-it-all sisterhood where all of us women show up unapologetically ourselves and talk about living our truths and how we manage work-life balance and parenting authentically and relationships and how to be healthy in body, mind, and spirit. And I I love dropping things in folks' inboxes every week. So you can can sign up for that on the website and also find me on social.
0: Hmm. Wonderful. So we're going to ask you the four questions we ask all of our guests based on the anatomy of transformation. The first pillar of that is truth. And I believe that truth is a big catalyst in our life, that when we come across a new big truth, things get set in motion. So what is a big truth and maybe even recently that you've come across in your life?
1: Uh, Without a doubt, We are all works in progress, and it means constantly referring back to the lessons we've learned to get better at them. Um, Everything I wrote in my book was put to the test as I launched it into the world and went on my book tour. And I didn't, I'm being very honest, I didn't follow everything that I've lived the past seven years and wrote about in planning my book tour and it was far too aggressive and busy and I am someone with Epstein-Barr virus that thank God is dormant but you know if I was being authentic and really cluing into myself and not letting the ego take over there's no way in hell I would have committed to that kind of book tour and I ended up getting pneumonia midway through and, and having to step out for a, a city and then pop back in. But it was just an amazing lesson from the universe. Yeah, babe, you always got to practice what you preach. It's not one and done. You keep, you keep learning. You keep putting this stuff into practice. Mm,
0: I love that. And it's so true. Cause we have this mentality where it's like, Oh, I learned that I'm good. And it's like no, it's like how we show up to it day after day after day. So I love that. (laughs) And if and if you don't, the universe is like tap 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 on your shoulder. (laughs) What about this? Yep, or Uh, a shove, or or a nice shove. shove. It's so good. Um, So the second pillar is release and this is the thing, when we discover a big truth, there's usually things that we release on the other side of that. So whether it's limiting beliefs, ways of being, things that we think we are, that we think we aren't, people, experiences, things that we say no to, what was it that was released as you went through this book tour and had this experience?
1: Oh, I love this question because this this was so crystal clear to me. You know, when you no matter what you do, what your career is, there are expectations, and people have an idea of what you should. There's that should word again, should do and evolve into. And it was abundantly clear to me that the life that I want for myself, I get to design it, even though I have a best selling book and people want me to speak. I don't have to say yes to everything, right? All the lessons in my book. I don't have to um, uh, design my life, both personally and professionally, like other successful author speakers. And I have our son home, our oldest, just for four more years. He starts high school next year. And I don't want to miss out on that. So you know what, I get to design this however the hell I want that's gonna serve the life I want. And that was just a phenomenal reminder for me.
0: Mm, I think that's so beautiful. And that leads into the third pillar, which is experience, which is when we release something, it changes our daily experience. It changes the frequency that we're vibrating at, right? And we get to define what is this experience that I want to be living that is in my truth and authenticity. So what is that experience that you want to be living that's, that may be different than what other authors have
1: done? Well, and again, it's, it's all about us living the life each of us wants and and not comparing ourselves to someone else because I am in awe and celebrate other authors and speakers and everything they do, but I know that's not for me. And so the experience that I have is that I am at peace. I'm aligned. I am present in my life and I'm truly enormously excited about the things I do commit to professionally because I've handpicked them and they fit into this greater schematic I have for what I want the whole life to look like. And everyone in the house experiences how much better that is. And I love how I'm teaching the kids to do the same. I will take them through the same discussion and analysis when they are trying to figure out what extracurriculars to take on, um, what play to audition for, what, yeah, you know, we just registered Nate for high school classes and talking about, okay, well, What is really important to you next year? What do you want to leave space for? And that's just so exciting to see him start to get it. Mm, That's so
0: beautiful. And the fourth pillar is a line, which is what are the things that keep you connected to the parts of your life that feel good? What are the practices or the rituals or the things that you return to every day to keep you in this alignment of your truth and authenticity?
1: Well, I I Do things throughout the day and I hope by the time people are done reading my book, they'll really have a better understanding and especially after doing the exercises, start to create their own habits and and, um, ways that they're checking in with themselves and, and implementing things in their life that keep them tied to their truth. Um, And for me, I mean, it starts the minute I open my eyes in the morning and I take myself through a a gratitude series and I set my intention for the day, whatever the word is, Um, and from how I conduct my morning and be ahead of everything else, um, be proactive about my day instead of reactive to... Building in quiet time wherever it is to the way that I structure my schedule and what I do every Sunday afternoon and then every evening before I shut down for the day. All of those habits and they've become rituals. Um, they they keep me on track, and when I don't do them, I get out of whack. Mm
0: really powerful thank you so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom sharing your recent experiences that you've had in your life and what you learned from them and thanks for putting all of this in a book and and not just a book that you can read but a workbook to work on your life and really you guys discover what is personally fulfilling to you and be able to create your world your life around that so thank you for your contribution and thanks for hanging
1: out with us today no i've loved it thanks so much
0: I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to The Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.